The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Howard streaks in! Touchdown! Parsons has second! Prescott keeps it! And he bangs it into the touchdown! And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company live from the star in Frisco, Texas and the SWBC studios alongside Isaiah Stanback, John Machoda, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Can't complain, John? I mean, I was telling you guys before the show, sir, I got bit by some fire ants the oh. other day. Uh, left my phone at home today. So, oh, what? Yeah. So I got after this, I got to go run home and get that before the McCarthy press conference. That's yeah. fair. You don't live too wow. far from here, so no. that's good. But I was... I don't even know how I'm you I'm on my phone the all the time. I don't know how. I just got out of my car, and I realized I didn't have it on me. This yeah. would be the one moment, like, crazy breaking news happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And John's just going to be like, can I borrow your laptop? No, like, no, yeah. I got the laptop back there. Oh, okay, you're fine. To, all right, I need to good. go to that, I guess. Yeah, we're good. That's good. <laughs> I'm What's good. going on? Sitting next to Ant-Man, I'm good. <laughs> Ant-Man, and who's the wasp? Don't, don't look at me. Don't, don't look at me, Isaiah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good Thursday. Uh, I mean, uh, it feels like it's it's a turn of the page. It, we've, we've turned the page. Usually we do that on Wednesday. But I think the excitement's starting to come back for, from Cowboys Nation to, to get ready and, and try and put that bad taste out of your mouth from last week and, and do so against the Patriots this week. Cowboys were on the practice field yesterday. We were in the locker room. Felt like Nick and John, both of you guys were in there as well. I mean, it felt like there was a good vibe. It really did. It didn't feel like a vibe of, of okay, disappointment or anger. It felt like, all right, it's time to move on and get looking forward. Yeah, especially when you talk to the defense. You know, they, they've been very adamant about this being a one-off type of bad performance and, um, you know, that they're going to rebound. This is not their standard. In fact, we were talking to J. Ron Curse and uh, somebody had asked him. Yeah, he, yeah, he really is. Yeah, he yeah. really is. And somebody had asked him, uh, they were like, do you feel like a lot of things that Arizona had success with on Sundays is going to be something that New England tries to do again this upcoming Sunday? And he was basically like, I hope they do because we're not going to play the same as we did last mm-hmm. Sunday. So I, I hope that they, they try to play the same things because we're going to stop it so um it, it definitely looks like this defense has put it behind them uh even talking to michael parsons yesterday very much the same feelings uh, i asked him how do you kind of put a bad performance like that behind you and, and move forward and he gave a pretty good quote just about you know being able to take one game at a time and and being able to you know rebound from this and, and put it in the past so uh, i I'm, I'm excited about this game because both of these teams have something to prove going into week four you know you, you we kind of talked about it being as must win as it could be in week mm-hmm. four uh, yesterday. I think it's more so a prove it game for these two teams. You know, New England's coming in one and two, have the possibility of falling to one and three. And they talked about coming into the season that, you know, there's still a playoff spot available for them that even with the Bills, Jets, and uh, Dolphins in this division, that they can they can compete in this division and get a playoff spot. And then on the other side for the Cowboys, if, if they lose this game, all of a sudden we're looking at 500 going into San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So uh, a really tough opportunity for um, uh, Dallas if they, if they come out with a loss here. So it's a proven game for both of these programs. Yeah, the stuff you said about the defense, that was my biggest takeaway from the locker room just because of the fact that I feel like – if covering this particular team, something goes wrong on the defense, I would say that there's three key guys that I want to talk to, and that would be Demarcus Lawrence, 
J. Ron Curse and Micah. Am I leaving anybody out? I'm no, that's, that's pretty accurate. They're they're usually the ones that are, well, one, they're in a position that they make major impact on the field. So also what they're saying, they can also back it up. You know, sometimes you you cover teams that some of their, you know, some of the backups might be some of the better talkers. That doesn't mean you can't yeah. get good stuff from them. But I feel like those three are kind of the voice of that defense. And and I got the same takeaways as Nick was saying. I think that was the biggest overall thing from the locker room yesterday just because today will be probably a lot more red zone talk and, and offense because we get cd and dak but uh thinking of press conferences and player availability and all that stuff if you get a chance go watch bill belichick yesterday talk about the cowboys oh, he opens his press conference with just like oh, we're gonna start with dallas uh and then it just it's just so monotone all the way through names almost every <laughs> single player on, on that starter and when it's done, it's five minutes. And so the five-minute mark is what it took before he took his first question, which and a lot of the questions he takes, his answers are very short, but it is funny how he will do those long. Like the best one by far, if, if you just look up Bill Belichick, long snapper, yeah. uh, it was just someone asked him a random question a few years back, and he just breaks down all of the reasons why you know they're specialists on teams and 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 all these all these different special teams things that you can tell he genuinely enjoys that part of the game where a lot of people especially where, where the nfl is going now where they're taking a lot of that out of the game yeah. with rules and things like that but uh, i don't know that's just <laughs> funny if you get a chance go look that up i tweeted it out as a full quote and a lot of people were upset that i didn't break it up in the paragraphs <laughs> but i couldn't i maxed out what was allowed in the tweet so yeah five minute five minute answer on his breakdown on the couch uh, he talked about every single player he mentioned well, cj he didn't Goodwin. Talk about one he player. mentioned brandon Aubrey, how he missed his first kick. He mentioned Jordan Lewis. Like he he knew everything about everybody. He may as well be on the beat. So I tweeted that out, and lo and behold, I did not. I tw- I tweeted it out because it's one of those where like you click on the more and it mm-hmm. puts the whole quote out there. And I'm not even thinking a lot of people are going to read it. I'm tweeting it out from just the look at how crazy this is type thing. And lo and behold, you know, people are reading it. People start to start firing back one <laughs> after another. You know, who he didn't mention. You know, he didn't mention. You know, he didn't mention. Dak, 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 Dak. I'm just like, oh my lord! I didn't even, I didn't look at it that closely <laughs> yeah. to even look at something like that. But that's, I, there were some people out there had the magnifying glass out and were just dissecting that whole thing. <laughs> what do we got here? Who did he leave off? You know, so yeah. he does that like almost every week, Isaiah. Right? Like he builds mm-hmm. up the opponent yeah, in absolutely. his press conferences publicly. Build. But there's, there's, a, yeah, there you go. The <laughs> But there's also like an intimidation factor with it, too. I mean, that's kind of what it is. You look at it and you see, okay, oh, wow, he said these nice things about the Cowboys. That's great. And then everybody's like, oh, gosh, he said these nice things about the Cowboys. Like, the, what, what is the, the, the mental game, the chess match that's going on with Bill Belichick when he does that? Yeah, he doesn't care to do those, first of all. Right. Um, second of all, he doesn't feel as if he needs to disclose any information that's going to put him at a disadvantage. Yeah, whatsoever so that whatsoever so he is the master of that and that goes across the board that's the expectation when you're in that locker room mm-hmm. that you you don't speak out about what you're he makes adamant in our meetings when i was out there to not disclose anything like you be as, as black as possible yeah. not black and white just as black as possible like <laughs> right. don't disclose anything keep everything tight um it's not for them to know like what what do they need to know for um that's really his outlook on it he's not trying to He's not trying to be a jerk. He's just trying to protect his team. Like that's his number one goal. His number one priority is to make sure that they're in the best position to win ball games. And disclosing information that he has internally to the outside does not do that. One of the other things that he does that's pretty outstanding on their on their website is he gets his Isaiah on after games and breaks down one offensive play, one defensive play, and one special teams play. Um, and that is really good, especially after in, in the previous years when they played the Cowboys. Like. 
to your point, you can tell like in front of reporters, that's probably not his thing that he loves. But when he's doing the breaking down the plays and stuff, he puts a lot of interesting things out there. And, and just using one as an example, there was it might have been against the, the Cowboys, but just how he broke down how they punted the ball one time um, because where the sun was ending at. So he knew that if you could put it somewhere here, like just the fact that he had out like, no, no, we punted it that way because you could tell in the stadium the sun was starting to get over there. And I was just like, wow, like just the, the, the yeah. breaking down the things like that that I'm sure a lot of coaches say, but just to hear him break it down like that. And, and it's Bill Belichick and you're expecting him to be the guy that kind of like Greg Popovich isn't going to say much. But I'm telling you, when he gets in his element, like it's it's great stuff. Mad genius. Yeah. Mad, Mad genius. genius. What's uh? What are some of the other news and notes to look forward to? Yeah, I got a few things um, coming out of practice yesterday. And uh, again, these are tweets via John Machota. Um, nice, the, the great. Um, <laughs> looking at Cowboys who did not practice yesterday, uh, all three offensive linemen were working with the rehab group. We only saw two of them during the media portion, but all three did participate with the rehab group. Uh, Tyler Biotis still dealing with his hamstring. Zach Martin with his ankle, and Tyron Smith with with his knee. I feel like there's kind of some growing confidence that at least one of them come back on Sunday, and I would have to assume that at least one of them come back on Sunday. And then uh, C.D. Lamb and Demarcus Lawrence did not practice uh, for rest, non-injury-related reasons. <clears throat> and then Chumi Idogo was limited with his elbow that he's been battling since the Jets game. If you had, since you're thinking maybe one of those guys comes back, if you had to put your finger on it, which one do you think is? Uh, I just don't feel like Zach Martin uh, misses back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. That that feels very uncharacteristic, unless it's a worse injury than we expected. Um, I. That would be my bet, just because he's Mr. Iron Man. So you think there's a chance that you go without Biotish and without Tyron? Yeah, the, the thing is, if you go without Biotis, you're in an interesting position because mm-hmm. you've already used all three of Brock Hoffman's elevations, which means you're going to either have to put Sean Harlow in there, who the Cowboys picked up right after uh, training camp, right before the season from the Giants practice squad, um, or uh, uh, Billy Price, who they picked up literally yesterday. Yeah. So it's going to be a right very, at the end of our show. Very yeah. <laughs> fresh face in there playing center, which uh, we've we've come to learn in this offense is becoming very important position to play. I. Biotish is probably the most important one going mm-hmm. into Sunday uh, that, that needs to play. Uh, I, I think that's it's very crucial for him to be lining up at center on Sunday. What do you think about that and the possibilities up front? Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good week for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a good week for that. These guys, the defensive line is solid. Um, <clears throat> they, they go balls to the wall. It's just not a good week to not have any of those guys. You need all five. It doesn't sound like you're going to have that. So game plan is going to be very important. And not that it wasn't already going to need to be important, but now if you're not going to have all five of your starters that you're intending to have, you got some stuff to figure out because these guys are going to be challenging for sure. I agree with Nick on the uh, Zach Martin part of it. Yeah. That I do think that he would be the most likely. At least we get to see Zach and Tyler on the cords. We didn't even see Tyron Smith at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that that was kind of an interesting sign there. And then also Mike McCarthy was asked about the potential of working Tyler Smith at some left tackle because of possibly not having Tyron Smith, and he didn't want to answer that. So um, that makes me think that, yeah, maybe he will get some work over there, Tyron Smith. I mean, Tyler Smith, sorry, Mm -hmm. um, at left tackle. But still, yeah, that middle of the offensive line, especially with what they have at at defensive tackle, that seems kind of scary for for this particular game. And the the mad scientist on the other side of the ball coaching, (laughs) that's probably not great. No. Not at all. Uh, are you surprised in the fact that Tyler Smith did not bump out the tackle last week in the midst of everything happening on the interior? Um, are you surprised by that, or is that something that you feel like is a 
really an emphasis from this coaching staff. You want to keep him at guard. I'm not surprised because of the uh, context of the situation, the fact that Tyron Smith went down just 24 hours before uh, the game started. They didn't get him any reps at left tackle. Uh, probably, and y'all would have to correct me if maybe something happened at training camp. I can't recall Tyler Smith taking a rep at left tackle since uh, since training, last season. Since, since last season, yeah. so uh, you you wouldn't want to throw him in the fire like that in a in a game situation. So go ahead and let Edoga, who's been taking those reps at left tackle in Oxnard and sometimes in in practice as well, let him go ahead and throw in at left left tackle. Let Tyler Smith go at left guard and then figure it out next week. Well, now it's next week, so maybe they're figuring it out. Yeah, I think maybe there were a few at. OTAs or mini camp before yeah. they like kind of made it like hey no we're gonna go with this going into camp like from no the start pads, of training camp yeah no physicality right from I the start of training re- camp I don't think that he has though. I do remember Tyler Smith taking some yeah. left tackle reps at OTAs that, yeah. that that does ring a bell but uh, outside of since they got to Oxnard till now I don't remember him and from the portion that was open yesterday to us I didn't see him over there either and they've preached versatility the staff since they've been here and uh, Mike McCarthy specifically so uh, they're they're going to play him at left tackle if they feel like they need to it's not going to be like like a, well, you know, he's doing better at left guard. Let's just keep him there while he's – no, if they need it, they're going to throw him out there. Yeah. For this particular matchup, what do you think they would need him more at, left guard or left tackle, or does it matter? Uh, I don't think it really matters. I think holistically you need a unit that's going to work together. I don't – I'm not a fan of throwing him out there and putting him on a yo-yo. Mm-hmm. You know, we need you at tackle. We need you at guard. And they did that last year. They, yeah. They, he went mm-hmm. above and beyond – the call of duty last year to fill that void for them. Um, they opted not to address some things, so now kind of finding themselves in a the situation again. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see going into this week, one, who's healthy, period, and two, where Tyler Smith ends up. Because if if Tyron's healthy, then, I mean, of course, you're going to put him at left tackle. But if he's out for an extended period of time or maybe longer than we even anticipate from this standpoint – then maybe you do end up having uh, Tyler Smith bounce out to the left tackle spot and kind of go get right back on that yo-yo that he had last year, back and forth between left tackle and left guard. Any other news and notes? Yeah, so the, obviously the big headline this week is that Ezekiel Elliott is making his return to uh, Dallas. He'll play his first game, not only against the Cowboys, but back in AT&T Stadium. He was asked yesterday on a conference call with the Cowboys beat writers, uh, was there any contract talks with the Cowboys after you were released? You know, what were those like? He said there were minimum contract talks after he was released. Here's the quote. Uh, business is business. Anyone who gets released or gets cut, it's going to be tough mentally, but life is life. It is what it is. It was on me to get back on the horse. You can't let negatives weigh you down you got to take a negative and turn it into a positive and that's what i'm working to do so um i i think we all kind of expected the fact that maybe there were quote-unquote minimum contract talks with the cowboys but i am sure it was a situation where jerry was like look man if you want to return this is your number and then zeke kind of went out and see it saw if he could find a bigger number and he did so um i I found that interesting from the call yesterday yeah zeke always going to present some storylines when you played against former players or former friends of yours i guess from time at different spots did it ever stick in your head whenever you were going up against those guys no it's like a family reunion yeah i mean it's you compete against these guys in training camp you could you know whether you're competing against them on another team it's, mm. it's all competition you know you just you know you go out there you give it your best you have fun you talk smack and hope that nobody gets hurt and that's really the situation regardless if they're on another team or not that's just the outcome you know you want to go out there have a good time you want to hit them in the mouth talk mess to them i got you you know put it on film um have a little have a little uh what's the word i'm looking for um a little bragging rights Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, you just hopefully everybody just walks away healthy and then you can go on, switch jerseys, do all the other stuff after the game. And I'll talk to you later. We'll link up in the offseason type of deal. Who gets yeah. Zeke's jersey? 
<laughs> Pollard? No, no, definitely Dak. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I think, yeah, that's got to be. And I would actually yeah. second would probably be Micah. I just, I'm looking forward to them going against each other because there was just a lot of times at training camp where that's, I feel like, I feel like Micah's rookie year, he was playing more linebacker. And I mm-hmm. felt like in training camp, that's where you really got to see his speed during his rookie season because you'd see how quickly he'd close on Zeke on some runs. And, of course, you know, it's training game. They're not tackling to the ground or anything. Yeah. But they've been in those situations many a times and joking back and forth with each other. I remember on some of those practices that reporters were allowed to be at. So I know that they've had those behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Then there's that whole, you know, Ohio State-Penn State thing. So those two I want to see mm-hmm. the most because they, they have somewhat similar personalities too where like I really feel like they – they know how to they're superstars with the cowboys and they knew how to like kind of they became faces franchise type guys too like that big personalities and things so those two particularly i'm looking to see if they if there's any situations where they get a chance to uh you know kind of you know hit each other or you know zeke puts his head down like you know tries to leap over i don't think he'll do that <laughs> <laughs> i start to put my name in a hat because he's actually wearing the same number jersey that i had when i played in new england mm. you wore that you 15 the- i wore it for, i had i started with nine because I was playing, I came in as a quarterback, but as soon as I started entering the game as a receiver, the league sent a memo to the team and said, hey, even though you have him listed as a quarterback, if he's going in the game as a receiver, you have to give him at least a quarterback number. So I had to switch to 15. So I was able wow. to still be on the quarterback you know, list in terms of on the depth chart, but I, when I went in the game, I had to have a two-digit number as a receiver. Okay, so this is something. Roger that- Goodell came after you? That's the story here. Pretty sure he didn't do that. <laughs> this is he, some... sent, he sent a personal letter no, not at all. to your address. Not at all. So, like, in my closet, I have two different jerseys. I have nine and I have 15 from New England. This is something that maybe only I'm interested in, but I am always fascinated <laughs> by this. What did, what did you do with all of your old gear? Like your old jerseys, helmets, stuff like that? Uh, do you have it like out or do you keep it in the closet or I, I mean just, do you ever look at the stuff no, or you just kind of throw it away to I the don't. side I'm a check the box type of guy yeah. personally I, I I mean I, I played football but I never identified myself as a football player so you know, you know I've talked to Kyle about this achievements for me are just things that are along the journey so I'm never I'm not one to keep admiring stuff from the past you know like my jerseys are in my closet my helmets are just sitting up on the bookshelf um, you know ring is just put away you know, it's, I mean, I just don't look at that stuff that often, personally. Were you ever uh, get anything from uh, a former teammate, like a jersey or something like that, or, or from an opponent or anything like that? You know, a lot of guys put them up in, you know, their sports rooms, things yeah. like that. Were you ever into Well, my house that? isn't that big. God. Um, <laughs> sports so <room. laughs> the, the jerseys that I have acquired, those are sitting in the closet. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're going to come watch the game on Sunday in your sports room. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, last thing, really, really quick. You were talking about Micah and Zeke. You're excited about that matchup. We did ask Micah yesterday about Zeke, and he said, I feel like Zeke's coming for me. He used to tell me, you're lucky I'm not out there. I'd really get you. So mm. he has not opportunity to go get him this yeah. week it's gonna be fun i i'm excited to see what 15 has in store i'm excited to see what this this <laughs> offense does for the for the cowboys to rebound against this patriots defense and he may not display the helmets or the trophies or the super bowl ring but you better believe that analyst emmy is right front yeah. and center in that house it's <laughs> as soon as you walk in the door <laughs> it is sitting right there and he's going to give you an it's emmy not. award-winning he's analysis <laughs> <laughs> he's going to give you an award-winning analysis when we come back as we preview the Patriots defense and the Cowboys offense on QB vision right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. 
Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to Talking Cowboys. <laughs> Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, live from the Star in Frisco, Texas. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. We're all smiles in here on Talking Cowboys. Hope you enjoy waking up and having your Black Rifle Coffee with us each morning, 9 a.m. Central Time. All right, Isaiah. Your former team, your former head coach, the defensive mind that is Bill Belichick. What should we look for in the scouting report for the Patriots defense? Well, first of all, I think everybody knows that Coach Belichick changes up his scheme weekly, like literally weekly. I mean, they might have something that they do um, majority of the time. Uh, They might have tendencies, but they are going to literally change their defense according to who they are playing and what they feel is most threatening. No different than uh, offensively. They're going to try to attack you where you're weakest, and they're going to try to expose that. Defensively, Coach Belichick's going to do the same exact thing. Um, regardless of what his title is, he's going to be the one calling the shots on that. Um, he wants to play single high. This is a single high team, especially if they don't feel threatened by your pass. So when you, as you look at some of their most recent games, um, their game plan against the Jets is totally different against, uh, than their game plan against Miami. Mm. Two completely I mean, you turn the film on; it couldn't be as 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 different any any different than it was. Miami, they went three safeties across the top. I was just about <clears> to say they had three high against Miami. Is it to account high. for the speed that they have? It's not to only account for the speed, but Miami a lot of times their routes that they get open are over the middle crossing mm-hmm. routes. So by having a three high safety, 
their game plan against Miami specifically was to take away that crosser. So whether they were taking those safeties and, and bumping them back and dropping a middle safety down to a cover two look or whether they were taking those three safeties, dropping them down into a cover three look and putting that safety over the top, either way they were able to negate the over routes um, by Waddle, by Tyreek Hill. They, so they were able to get the speed, negate the routes that have hurt other teams, um, a lot of the overs. And so instead of having to pass pass. Um, coverage across, you know, and responsibilities, they got have guys literally sitting in those holes. So Miami had to adjust to start running a lot more West Coast type offense. They have to start running a lot of shorter routes, right? So Dallas's offense actually works really well against New England because when they do go single high, they play off. They don't like to play a lot of press, mm. right? They like to, it's a bend but don't break. That's always been Bill, been Bill Belichick's way. He, he'd rather keep you in front of him than allow you over the top. So he'll play single high, cover three, but he'll play his guys off about seven yards. Okay, so in terms of the West Coast offense, you're able to get a lot of your passes in, right? The quick outs, the hitches, the, the flares, all those kind of things that they have been doing primarily in this offense to date. Those things should be open unless – Belichick changes up and decides to press those guys up. He has an availability to do that. Obviously, um, with Christian Gonzalez playing the way that he's playing, it's his homecoming. I'm sure he'll have an opportunity to come up and play a lot more press, depending on who it is that he's going up against. Um, Brandon Cooks has not been utilized in a way to threaten any defenses down the way to date. Um, that's actually something that we'll talk about in – uh, I think Film Room or Special Edition, one of those. One shows, of those so. other shows um, that you do, yeah. But <laughs> Emmy Award winner. <clears throat> but there's an opportunity. I think this offense is set up to do well passing wise if you are, if you are patient, if you're patient. If you try to take your shots, well, we've seen Gonzalez make guys pay. If you try to take your shots and you're not safe about where you put the ball at, Peppers will knock your face off, right? So you have they have guys out there that can make some plays um, in the secondary. In terms of the defensive front, <clears throat> they got some dudes. They they got some freaking dudes. Obviously, the one that everybody knows most about is Matthew Judon. He's an absolute dog. I believe he has four sacks coming into this game, uh, more than anybody on our team right now. And he is a complete problem. Um, he is pretty – he doesn't have a lot of versatility in terms of his style of rushing, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> it's effective. It's effective. He wants to get up the field. If you if you have a short edge, he's going to take it. If you try to get and try to stay high up on him, he's going to spin back. Um, but they do a really good job of constricting the hole, right? Dietrich Wise, obviously, he's another Dallas guy uh, from out here. <clears throat> I don't know what high school he went to. But Dietrich's out there as well. He does a good job of just, just constricting the whole high-effort guys, long arms, really just pushing the, push, pushing the pocket back and really just making it hard for guys to get outside the pocket, whether that be the quarterback, whether that be running backs. There's not a lot of running lanes. Um, so running the ball is difficult against these guys because they are so disciplined. They are not gonna, they're not going to be playing peekaboo. They're not going to choose wrong. They're going to grab you. They're going to drive you directly back to the quarterback. They're going to try to restrict those, those running lanes, and then it really gets to make it hard for you to just get out. Now behind those guys, right. yeah, I was going to say Dietrich Wise went to Hebron gotcha. as well. So that gotcha. was that was the the local part. Product. I want to go back to something that you said right at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Where you were you were talking about three high looks and the yep. way that they play. They don't like to press. Correct. Against the West Coast offense, at least that's mm -hmm. what you've seen on film. Correct. They're backing up. They're Correct. not playing press or playing off. But against the West Coast offense, something that works effectively is the press. Absolutely. Disrupt yeah. timing. I foresee that happening. You think they do I that I foresee this that way? happening. I think, okay. they, I think they go single high because they know that Dallas needs to get the run going. 
okay? Um, so you go single high because why? Because you're able to have a, another safety in the box. Yeah. So you have yeah. eight guys in the box now. If you're not threatened by anything going deep, which they Dallas really hasn't shown much of that except for a couple of plays by CD, then all of a sudden I'm going to come up and put my hands on you. Yeah. All right, I have a big corner, a big rookie that can run with guys. He's fast. He's a 4-4 four, four guy, 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four guy that can run. Mm-hmm. He's long, lanky. He's going to disrupt your timing. The, the press disrupts your ability to run your outs. It disrupts your ability to be able to run your slants, right? And so I could take away a lot of things that you do that require timing, um, to Kyle's point. Um, but also, I have run support. So if I, if I now can negate Tony Pollard, which is probably one of your, you know, obviously your, your one or two greatest threats, then what do I do? Now I'm able to start taking away a lot of things you do, right? Yeah. So if I could have eight guys in a box take away Tony Pollard because my defensive line, um, <clears throat> they're going to have outside containment. They're going to force everything back inside. My linebackers are freaking huge. Bentley, number eight, will, he's a dog, complete dog. Um, I like him in the running game. Out in space, not so much. Um, but in terms of their interior, interior D linemen and their front seven, their run defense is pretty doggone good. <clears throat> but if you can get behind them in that second on that second tier, they don't do well in space. Um, they'll try to bring Peppers down. Peppers isn't the greatest in coverage as well, but they'll hit you. They will hit you. So you have to make sure that you possess the ball. Um, you got the ball location has to be on point um, because they're not going to take risks. They're not going to take the risk that will allow for most of the time for you to have those big plays. Um, so, <clears throat> in a nutshell, you have to you have to be really patient against these guys. You have to be really disciplined. Um, Coach McCarthy's going to have to be really methodical in the way in that he approaches the game. He's been doing so to date, I think. So I don't think that's a problem. I think that was more of a Kellen Moore issue in terms of him mm. <clears throat> not wanting to be patient within his offense. But when you're running 75, 80 plays a game. You, you have patience, right? You have patience. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this battle, but it's going to be that. It's going to be a battle. As you start talking about the offensive linemen and how who may or may not be here, that doesn't make me feel good. It does not make me feel good because you look across this line and there's not too many guys that are just absolute, just dominant guys that you have to be concerned about, but they're all high effort. They're all disciplined. They all do their job very well. Um, they just don't get the recognition of a lot of other teams. The thing I'm most interested in <clears throat> on that on this side of the ball, these this matchup, is that so Bill Belichick's known for always taking away like whatever your best thing yep. is. Mm-hmm. And right now, watching the Dallas Cowboys on offense, I think it's pretty clear the best thing they have is C.D. Lamb. And you add that in with the fact of what C.D. Lamb did the last time they played the Patriots. How do you think they try and take – is it just simple as, oh, Christian Gonzalez is going to follow him? Or how do you think they try and limit uh, what C.D. Lamb does? be honest with you, I think they may have Christian Gonzalez follow him. This is crazy because I had the same exact question yeah. in my head. Yeah. I was just waiting yeah. for you. But yeah. that is, I, like, I was sitting there looking at John like, are you reading my head? That, no, yeah, I have the same know. exact question. No, I really, I really believe that. I believe yeah. – so if I'm projecting in terms of what I believe Coach Belichick is going to do, I think he's going to go single high safety. I think he's going to come up and press. He's going to put his hands on everybody. B. Cooks has been negated to running short routes, right? The time B. Cooks has been having to convert all of his routes versus two high safety. So they might roll coverage to him just to take him out of the game, take out the possibility of throwing the ball his way, and then come up and press CD. Because now I'm going to force Dak to be accurate. I'm going to force Dak to be accurate down the field. That's if I'm Coach Belichick and what I've seen on film and what he's done, I'm going to come up and put hands on you. I'm going to disrupt your timing. Dak has not held the ball much beyond two and a half seconds. When he has held the ball past two and a half seconds, bad things happen. Right? So if I can if I can play to that strength as much as possible, come up, put my hands on you, let Judon go crazy, because especially if you have a tackle that's not your starting tackle, mm. why wouldn't I let him go crazy? Um, and then they bring they bring pressure with with Judon. They bring pressure with with Bentley. I like Keon White as well. 
That's a that's another one they got that's just been a really active off the edge. Uh, they they got some guys in the past yes, game. I just I'm, remember Christian Barrymore was a guy that when the the draft was around. I remember it was a guy that talking about a lot just because that was this is pre Mozzie. Mm-hmm. Like oh this could be a guy that the Cowboys could get to potentially help in the middle of their defense. And I haven't watched him super close, but I mean it sounds like he's living up to you know the high draft status he had coming out of it was Alabama, wasn't it? I don't remember. Who was it? Christian Barmore. Yes. Yeah, Barmore. For, yeah, yep. from Bama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bama. tackle. So, yeah, that's another one that I'm, I don't know. I just think when I think of these Bill Belichick defense, I usually think of them pre- being pretty good in the middle of they're, that defensive line. They're yeah. always big. Yeah. yeah. They're always big on the interior, and they always have guys on the outside that have good size that could constrict it and rush. Right? That's what they, they just want to – they just want to take this little bubble and just close it in. Yeah. That's all they want to do. That's that's just want to take a big bubble and just close it in, right, and make it hard to breathe for for quarterbacks. And I think they're really going to test Dak. Dak has not been forced to put the ball down the field. I think they are going to say, all right, have you fixed your issues from last year? You know, he only has one so far. Have you yeah. fixed that? Let's see. All right, you've been real comfortable sitting back there throwing throwing little five yard, six yard routes. Let's see what happens when you try to put it down the field. Uh, it goes back to what you were saying a second ago, where. This is a team that doesn't get the same type of pet pub as it used to whenever they were in the middle of the Patriots dynasties. This defense is still nasty. Yes, they are. This defense is a possible top five defense in oh, the NFL. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think they're right yeah. there, if not borderline. Yeah. So either way, they've. It, it goes back to what we've always talked about, the Dallas defense, the playmakers at every level. And you see defenses like that every once in a while, but it's not only just the playmakers at every level, it's mm-hmm. the depth and the rotation that they have. And that's kind of like what Nick was just talking about. You have multiple guys that can rotate in and have some success. I'm most nervous about the way that the offensive line holds up against this front. That's where I'm yeah. I'm the majority of the concern. I think you're still going to get separation with CeeDee Lamb. I think Brandon Cooks finds a way to get separation. I think you can even use Michael Gallup a couple times in this in this matchup specifically. In terms of blocking the front seven from New England, I, that's where I have pause, and I'm legitimately <clears throat> concerned. Yeah, I just I think that Coach McCarthy is going to be tested more this week than he has all season in, mm-hmm. in the regards that he's going to have to open up the playbook. He's not going to be able to keep the same style of offense against these guys. He's just not. Um, I did find it interesting, thing of talking about opening up the playbook, how when there's these big leads and you're blowing out the two New York teams, that's when you get a lot more of the – you know, Cavante Turpin, Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. And then when it's a tight game, no, 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 guys. We're not doing any of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Well, yeah. I mean, he tried. So last week against the Cardinals, Coach McCarthy tried to open it up a little bit. Um, he tried to force. He tried to get the ball to beat Cooks. He tried to get the thing down the field, but there just wasn't time. Yeah. There was not there was not time. So it's not that he's not trying to. It's that he's caught in a, in a deal pickle because he's like, well, especially this week, I can't run my – I'm most likely not going to be able to run my quick game the way I want to because of what most likely what Bel- Belichick is going to pre- uh, present in terms of press, in terms of guys being in the box and not a lot of throwing windows. Mm-hmm. Um, so – but I also don't have the time to sit back there with, with Dak and throw the rock. So now if I don't get my running game going, I can't get I can't get Dak on the move. I can't get guys on the over routes. Like, like what am I going to do? Um, you have to be able to draw back and just throw the ball as well beyond 10 yards. And that's what I'm interested to see, how he's going to incorporate that. And, and that's what they did really well whenever they went up to New England a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, Dak was really able to push the ball downfield. CeeDee Lamb had a huge game. Yep. Uh, we all remember the, the touchdown at the end of that game, of course. But um, I would love to see some of that reintegrated. 
did, especially mm-hmm. after what we've seen the first three weeks and everything's been so, uh, you know, dip and dunk. Yep. I, I want to see 15, 20 yards downfield. I need to see that action. And I feel like that's what you're going to have to do have to win to. this game. Correct. That was such a memorable play and just how everything mm-hmm. that happened there because that game and everything was just taken off for the Cowboys. Yep. And on that play, yep. it's a great play, but it's also the one where, where Dak, Dak strains his calf. Mm-hmm. And it was like even after he came back, it was just never quite like it was as it was going up mm-hmm. that season. So to your point yesterday when you're talking mm-hmm. about the Joe Burrow, the calf thing and all that, like it is interesting because of course like Dak's never gonna tell us, you know, week twelve, yeah, no, you know, the calf still bothered me a little bit from the New England game, you know, so you're never really knowing that, but just their play was never the mm-hmm. same after that. Um if you okay, Dak aside, if mm-hmm. you could just if pick one player from the Cowboys that you say, Hey, if they play their best game the Cowboys would be good shape with this one. Who who would you say? I mean, obviously, I think Dak would be number one, but outside of Dak, is is there, you know, a wide receiver or offensive lineman or is it Man, Pollard? I think I think it's Pollard. Yeah, I think he. They have to find a way. As tough as that matchup is going to be, um, and I'm I'm really trying to stress this defensive line because it's, I could say names all day long, but people aren't really going to recognize because of the roles that they fulfill mm-hmm. for New England. They don't have the big name guys outside of Judon. They just don't, but they do a damn good job of, of their responsibilities. Um, they are well coached. That I do know. They're well coached. And I think if you can't get Tony Pollard going, you're going to find yourself in a rough spot against these guys. Um, you know, Because Coach Belichick can get in his bag. And he has a bag. <laughs> he has a freaking bag. A deep you, bag. A deep bag. I mean, you're talking about somebody. You were just talking about it earlier in the, in the segment about you know his film study and how he was breaking things down. Listen, this is a guy who sleeps at the stadium sometimes like le- legitimately sleeps like has a cot in his office like he does not sleep especially when, when they're one and two trust me he's he's gonna be in his bag um he's gonna present that he's not gonna do it just because though right he's gonna wait until you're in a situation that you have to do something and now he's gonna be like ah got you so you have to keep him on his heels you know they're gonna bend they're gonna they're gonna give a little bit but run the ball you have to be able to move these guys off the ball if you can't move them off the ball mm. It was during this segment last week whenever you were outlining the Cardinals defense mm-hmm. and what they did from changing coverages yeah. and the disguising of coverages. So because of that, there was a lot of pre-snap, post-snap Reach. film watching this week from a lot of Cowboys mm-hmm. fans out there. When we come back, I want to talk about Dak Prescott. Where is the pressure on Dak? How does he look at this pre-snap, post-snap, kind of like what he did last week, and how does it change moving forward against this Patriots defense? When we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. 
Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This segment is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. You want to know something I learned about Isaiah Stanback today? I learned about it this morning. I got here a little bit early, got some breakfast, and... I kind of. I, Did we get a chance to guess? You wouldn't guess it. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of super trusted superfoods, Isaiah's never had an avocado in his life. I could have guessed that. I haven't it's either. Just right off the dome. <laughs> I haven't either. You've never had an avocado. Uh, I've had guac, but like I'm not a huge That's... guac guy. Like I'll eat it if it's there. But have I'm you not had gonna... guac? I have not. Oh, okay. Mm, well, so he's there. You go. He's I'm a not. A, I'm not. I've had it once. I'm not yeah. a fan. And you know what really <clears throat> made me not a fan of it is that uh, it was at a party. And so after like a few hours, like uh-huh. just the way when it was sitting out, the way it looked, I oh. was like, I'll never eat that again. Like it just, I don't know. Clock, it's just gross yeah. to me. Like, I don't know. It doesn't really have a huge, huge taste, but it just is one. I'm That's not true. a huge. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Big party yeah. animal, John Machota. We just learned. <laughs> he said he was at the party for so long that the guac turned brown. <laughs> That's what happened. Rough night. <laughs> Rough night of Modelo's. Miller Lights. Miller Lights. Miller you guys Lights. doing up there Lights. in Detroit. That's Miller fun. Lights for sure. Uh, man. Yeah. I'm okay. I don't know if I have ever thought that deeply about an avocado in my life but i love my, avocados my wife i love them. guacamole it's great yeah, my wife loves them but she she can eat anything i'm i have a little kid taste but do you really yeah chicken fingers and, and fries <laughs> when i used to eat chicken yeah yeah but when you used to that's yeah, fair yeah. you're a shrimp guy now though right yeah you yeah. know what i'm about to start eating everything though kyle what breaking news wait what i have to go to africa after the season kyle. Mm. i can't be out there talking about um i just want beans please yeah <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you had chicken? Been a minute. Been a minute since the last time I did something with uh, raisin canes. Mm. I don't when, think. When was that? I think that that might be my number one on my list of things I I can't live without. Is chicken? Yeah, in terms Probably of food groups. Yeah, in terms of food, yeah, like pretty much right there with. I you. mean, steak is is might I don't know, but there's just so many different things that I don't know. Chicken's I versatile. Up. Yeah, I couldn't give up chicken. You do a lot. You can do a lot. Wow, that is crazy. So, <laughs> no, you I, eat I, beef? No, I, 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 I grill it. I've been eating some of that stuff in a while, John. But I'm about to, I'm about to incorporate some stuff. Yeah. He's just now started eating fish again. Yeah. He was complete vegetarian up for until, like, this <clears throat> for a while, training yeah. camp. For a while. Yeah. That didn't change the way you felt or anything after, like, uh, obviously playing in the NFL? And I would think that, I don't know, actually, now that I think about it, are there guys that are vegetarians mm-hmm. in the NFL? There's, uh, sure there's, there's one on the team. I forget who. Yeah. Uh Gosh, keep talking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna remember. <laughs> I just think of. I, I don't know. For me, for NFL, I always think of like protein. 
yeah, it's almost like in a way, like you know how a lot of these offensive linemen, mm-hmm. like uh, Joe Thomas and some of these guys, right after they retire, they like they, yeah, they slim right down. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm just thinking because I think Tyron might be like that, where he has to eat so much to keep it on, yeah, you know, because he he just burns a lot of calories yeah. like that. So I always think of, and I'm sure there's a lot of protein yep. in in your diet and that, but I'm just thinking <clears> of. <throat> To keep that on to play in the NFL, because I always just think you have to have like a body armor, you know, on yeah, you. There's to... a, lot of, a lot of different ways to get protein. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of different ways to get protein. Interesting. Yeah. I, I That's the remember. conversation I, yeah, Nick's still searching I'm, for. I'm, I'm, I mean, I can see it in basketball and yeah. baseball and some of them, but NFL, I always think of that these guys are just, just eating as much as, as they possibly as they can because you burn so many calories and yeah. you're working out and all that. But, now, okay. don't get it wrong. He still eats a ton. Yeah. He still eats a lot, okay. but just not, not meat. Okay. Not yet, anyways. All right. Whenever he's going to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> that is not the conversation I thought we were going to have in this segment. You brought it up. But, uh, no, I did. You it's it my up. fault. But I, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> All right. Dak Prescott, you talked about pre-snap, post-snap reads last week against yep. Arizona. How will the Patriots challenge him in that same level? Uh, they just rotate late. It's not. They don't do complicated things defensively. They... At least not from the standpoint from the quarterback. I don't think that he's going to be confused as to what what the defense is presenting. I just think it comes down to execution. I mean, you're not going to catch, for the most part, you know, these guys are still humans, right? Um, they're just very disciplined. They're going to be where they're supposed to be doing what they're supposed to do. So, you know, the defenses that that cause your concepts some issues, you got to choose right. You got to choose right. You, you're not going to – for the, you, the chances of you catching somebody out of place are slim to none just because of how disciplined these guys are. I mean, that obviously comes from their coach. But he just has to be – just be smart. Just be smart with the ball. Don't take don't take risks. You know, this isn't a team that you could take risk against. You know, you don't want to do that. Um, keep them on their heels. Make the right decision. And, again, be patient. He Coach Belichick banks on you getting impatient. That's what he – he mm-hmm. really, he waits for you to make that one mistake. This is like you are – I think – the New England in general has been that way for a while, as we talked about the Brady versus yeah. Belichick thing. Like defensively, New England's always been the team where you're like, just don't make a mistake against these guys. Just, just work your way down the field. They'll give, they'll give, they'll give. Right? You can take your shots, but just don't make that one mistake. Because as soon as you make that one mistake, it's like, oh. I mean, everything it. he's saying right here, and and I think it's because I'm almost positive it happened in Arizona because we we're just at that stadium, and it just makes me think of like everything he just described, even on that last segment too. It's really that that Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl. How it's like yeah. they'll let you go downfield, go down the field, and I mean they're just mauling them. And you're just like, oh, Seahawks are going to win this game. And it's like, boom, they get right on the goal line. Now probably should have given it to Marshawn Lynch, but but yeah, but like you say, and then and then it's a guy like a Malcolm Butler where it's mm-hmm. like we know Malcolm Butler's name now. now. Who knew his name before no that play? I'll even I'll even say that there was some video of Tom Brady after the game. Like, way to go, Malcolm. Where I was like, does Tom even really know Malcolm? Like, but no, I mean, obviously he does now. But uh, it was just one of those things where I will never forget that game because I was like, this is typical Belichick. They're going to make this play at the goal line by somebody that you really don't know that well. And it's going to won them a Super Bowl like that. It's just crazy. If you're on the field playing in New England, yeah. you, he trusts you. Mm. He's just, I don't care who else knows your name. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on the field playing in New England, he trusts you because if you don't know what you're doing and you don't do it consistently, you're not going to be on the field. Yeah. Period. Point blank. It's so interesting to think about the the ins and the outs of the the Belichick led franchise and what he's done. I mean, he's a legend for a reason, but um, it it also presents a challenge even when they are one and two. And this obviously isn't the same talent that they've had 
on that team and in that franchise for quite some time, but they're still going to bring a lot of those same challenges, like John was saying. Like, reminds us of the Super Bowl Patriots. This isn't that team no. by any stretch of the imagination. But it is a team that's going to present some of those same principles and some of those same challenges to the Cowboys and make it happen. So, did you ever find the the name? I didn't. I found out Justin Fields is vegetarian. That's all I found. I thought it was Jonathan Hankins, but it's not Jonathan Hankins. Mm. I kind of think that'd have been interesting. I'm going to come back. To it. It's somebody like that that's yeah. just like you would never massive imagine. human. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to. There's have to a couple come back documentaries that were talking about some guys. Would it be Osa? No. No? Nah. I don't think so. We're just going to start asking everyone in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you vegetarian? Are you vegetarian? Hey, bro. You, ve- <laughs> you know who? <laughs> with oh. the way everything's going, though, with everything Isaiah said and knowing that Belichick background, and I'm mm-hmm. sure the guys are getting hammered with that all week long, coming off that ugly performance against the Cardinals, I mean, I would just be stunned that if they were to – I mean, I was stunned watching I was about them, to but say, you said this last yeah, week, yeah. too. But if they put back-to-back games like that, I mean – that's that's it's just time to panic a little bit. It's, it's yeah. physical, it is. right? Yeah. I think this is going to be the most physically challenging game that Dallas has had. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're talking about the cerebral aspect of it, but in terms of physicality, this team is built to beat you up. So that's how his teams are. I mean, Harold Nash, uh, the the strength coach for the, the Dallas Cowboys now, that's where I met him at. I met him out in New England, and yeah. I had never lifted weights like that in my life. And I, based upon their personnel that they have, they're still that way. Their linebackers are 6'2", 250 pounds. Their D linemen are 290, you know, 300 across the board. Like, this is a physically demanding team. They want to hit you. Peppers is at the at the third level, walking him his way down. He's a big safety. Mm-hmm. You got Bentley, who's walking down there. Like, th- these guys want to hit you in the mouth. You know, Dietrich Wise doesn't stop. He's just the most, the lankiest, biggest dude you've ever seen in your life. His arms go down to his ankles. And he just has a motor that's just out of this world, where it's like a size 20 seven shoes some stupid right just just doesn't stop man you know like that's just their way um defensively um and that's how they're going to approach it so hopefully the offensive line can figure it out because physically it's going to be a bloodbath yeah the man i'm excited for this matchup i really am because i'm excited to see a cowboys rebound like that's what i think Mm -hmm. is going to happen like you said, if it doesn't happen, then I think it's panic mode a little bit. Where's your, where, where's, where's the, do you have the cap off? So, is yeah, so where the, the, the button is cap currently, is off. the cap is cap off. Is your hand hovering? No. Nah, nah, the cap is off. So your hand's on your lap. I think <laughs> it's... I'm looking at it. Oh, you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Corner eye or like both eyes? I might be like on my phone. Like per, Okay, so it's in a purple. sitting next yeah. to it. Yeah. Just may, but, but you would be able to get there quick if you needed to. Uh, yeah, like yeah, the cap button. is open. Yeah. So if it doesn't go the way you want to, like is your phone going down at that point and both eyes are going to the it, button? It depends how bad it gets. Oh, got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it, let's look at it. If they lose this game down to 2-2, two and two, traveling to San Francisco Sunday After night, a really physical game. After a really <laughs> physical game. Yeah, this is back-to-back physicality, man. And you yeah. got to take two road trips out west to, against two really good offenses. Mm. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> We're talking Cowboys. <laughs> Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Nick is going to give us three under-the-radar players in this matchup that will make a difference on either side of the ball. So we'll have that tomorrow. Plus, we'll have our picks as well. We'll give an update to the standings and how that went last week for us four in studio. But that does it for us here on this Thursday. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with some more Talking Cowboys. Yeah. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,